Welcome to The Root of the Matter, brought to you by UPL. This podcast is dedicated to bringing you fresh ideas and insights about agriculture in North America. I'm your host, Ken Root. Capturing carbon may be the most revolutionary idea of the environmental era. It is something farmers have done for millennia, but in the discussion of global climate change, almost every discussion goes to how the earth can be put back in balance by reducing greenhouse gases. Every one of those compounds has carbon in it, carbon dioxide as an example. So, is it possible for farmers to be major players in the quest to put carbon into the soil rather than into the atmosphere? Our guest today is Brad Horner from Nurture Farm. He's head of growth and strategic initiatives at Nurture Farm, based in, as I understand it, southern Illinois. Brad, is that where you are? Yes, sir. What kind of a uh, summer have you had in your part of Illinois? Yeah, so we, we've been very fortunate and blessed in this part of the world. We started out with a pretty easy spring uh, for us. Uh, there was not a lot of replant. We had plenty of moisture in the ground to get the crops up. And, you know, we've, we've been fortunate from there on out. It uh, hasn't been overly hot. We've been getting water when we need it. So the crops in this part of the world uh, look pretty good and certainly excited about the harvest coming up. I want to hear about your background. Uh, Where do you come from professionally uh, in your career that would bring you to this point of talking to me about carbon capture? Sure. So I always start with, you know, grew up on a family farm. Our our family still farms up uh, north of Springfield, Illinois in Mason County. Uh, Grew up on a grain and livestock farm. Our family still very involved in the livestock industry, but professionally since college, you know, I started out in ag retail. So kind of that holistic approach of everything I always say from the seed and the chemical to the wire and the pliers, uh, and then moved from there to uh, Monsanto and more of a seed focus from there for several years with companies like Monsanto, AgriLiant Genetics, and uh, some others. Uh, And then, about five years ago, I kind of took my first steps into the digital space and worked with a company uh, by the name of Farmer's Edge based out of Canada and really worked more on soil health and soil sampling and capturing data and making it relevant to growers. And I think that's what really led me to nurture and a lot of what they're looking to do and uh, starting the sustainability initiative here in the U.S. Uh, with an emphasis on carbon, but also more of an emphasis of How do we make our farms better? Well, I want to get my arms around this, just like our audience does, because so much of what we are talking about still is hypothetical. And disagree with that if you want. But if you talk to farmers about carbon capture, they'll tell you, well, that's what we've always done. And then you talk to farmers about, can you get paid for doing this? And their ears prick up just a little bit, except there's always this... uh, What do I have to do and how's it going to change the rest of my operation? So, Brad, let's start on the bare dirt, okay? What's the process of, as we know it, carbon sequestration? Yeah, so, I mean, it's just a process by which carbon dioxide is removed from the atmosphere and held in a solid or liquid form within the soil. Uh, So it's a pretty simple, in terms of that standpoint, 
But the basic idea of capturing carbon and CO2 and preventing it from being released in the atmosphere, that's not new, to your point. I mean, that was first suggested in the 70s uh, using existing technologies in new ways, you know. But uh, a lot of what happened, you know, in the early days was separating CO2 found natural gas reservoirs from methane gas. And it was more used by the in- energy industry uh, as farmers and agronomy. Uh, we've always been capturing carbon, right? So uh, we we put crops in the ground. We have a growing season. Uh, we're sucking that carbon into the plants and into the ground. But when we talk to farmers and we talk about agriculture, this this is not a new concept. It's not a new thing. What the new thing is, is being monetized for it. We've always been growing crops. We've been raising livestock. Uh, we've been trying to be efficient with our resources uh, we, we put a crop in the ground that grows and produces oxygen and it brings in that carbon dioxide from the air and stores it in the soil. So it's not a new concept. It's just a new way of thinking about the way we do things and how we can uh, get better at these these certain instances. I think, Brad, the uh, only equation I remember from college is the equation for photosynthesis, uh, right. where that you are capturing carbon and you're giving up oxygen, which is exactly what is wanted today. I got two questions for you so we keep people engaged. Number one is, can you measure success? And number two, can you get paid for your success? I've talked to people all the time, you know, and there's a lot of white noise in the industry right now. There's a lot of chatter about, you know, what practices make sense. We look at carbon sequestration as a byproduct of multiple things. If you look at carbon in a silo at this time, I think most farmers would probably be disappointed in terms of how much carbon they're going to sequester, what that uh, profit or ROI looks like. Uh, I think most farmers, you know, if you take a look at soil health, soil improvement standpoint, there's a lot of good that can come out of this from not only a farmer perspective, but also an environmental perspective. Uh, If we do it right, we can make the soil healthier. We can increase yields, reduce input costs, and ultimately increase ROI while capturing that byproduct of carbon out of the atmosphere and slowing global warming. What's the relationship of Nurture Farm to the potential for industry or government to align with farmers to start coaxing farmers into cropping uh, or tillage or other systems that would uh, capture more carbon and incentivize them to do so? Yeah, so I I think if you look at the administration changes uh, that we've had in the past year, uh, there is a lot of focus on this. Uh, I always tell people, you know, learn from the past and you watch as new administrations come in, they get an agenda and they really drive something. Well, we've been talking about all these big, large corporations wanting to go net zero carbon. Well, the best opportunity to offset and basically create a carbon sink is with the farmers. We've got a lot more ground, a lot of crops out there. There's a big opportunity, but I think there's going to have to be some type of monetary incentives uh, from the government. So if they're wanting all of these net zero emissions and they're wanting these corporations to buy the credits, they've got to make it worth a while for the farmer at the end of the day. So if I'm going to change practices and in, in the idea or the thought process of sequestering carbon, 
it's got to be worth my time. It's got to be worth my investment uh, as a farmer. There are some, I'm getting it, within the administration who want to make it to where that they do uh, incentivize growers or anyone who captures carbon, but they don't want a program that will allow polluters to buy credits. So how do you see it will have to go to get it to be mainstream in U.S. agriculture? Yeah, so I always look at it, you know, and I've told people for years, if you look at nitrogen utilization, uh, you look in the, the water basins and some of those types of areas, basically they're starting to regulate how much nitrogen you can use, right? And so we as farmers and producers have to be stewards of the land and really find ways of how can we do this more efficiently and use what we've got. And as we look at that in comparison, I think on the carbon side, they're going to force these corporations into going net zero. And in turn, they'll incentivize the farmers to do the right thing. And I think that's what will really drive the price in the market. I think that's what will really make it worth the while for the farmer, the ag producer, uh, to make this make a lot of sense. I'm not convinced right now that anything of major substance is going to come out of Washington on money uh, because of the gridlock. But I would like to know if there are other reasons why USDA, for example, would start working carbon capture into Conservation Reserve or other type of programs. So I guess twofold. One is, will it work without a huge influx of money? And if so, what could farmers begin doing that gives them some benefits today? Sure. So there's obviously already benefit. We're already running farmers in the program. We're starting uh, with some pilot programs. Uh, There's been other companies obviously out there working in the carbon market. There's different things you can do in terms of practice changes, whether it be no-till or cover cropping. Uh, You know, you can look at nitrogen reductions. Uh, There's a lot of different things with biologicals that I think is a big opportunity moving forward. So like I mentioned before, we don't look at it simply as a carbon program. We look at this as a soil health, uh, regenerate our ground. You know, a lot of companies and people talk about sustainability, right? That's the big buzzword. I always tell people, you know, if I went to the doctor with a broken arm and he said, well, let's just try to sustain that injury. Let's try to leave it just as good as it is now. Just don't ever use it again. That's probably not the answer I'm going to look for. I'm going to want a second opinion. I want somebody that is going to make my arm better. Let's heal it and make it better. And then we'll talk about sustainability. And I think that's what the way we look at this uh, from an agronomic standpoint. What can we do to make our ground better than it was yesterday to when we want to hand this off to our next generation and so on? It's better than the way we found it. And then we can sustain those practices. And I think that's what drives a lot of the USDA, a lot of the NRCS programs is let's find ways to make things better, right? And whether or not government funding comes in or not, I'm going to make my ground worth more money. I'm going to become more profitable because of it. We're speaking with Brad Horner, who's head of growth and strategic initiatives for Nurture Farm. We'll get into who they are and what they do here a little bit later on. But Brad, you're in Southern Illinois, so you're a good place for me to ask this question. I recall years ago in the John Block administration of the USDA, when we were first putting Conservation Reserve in, he made the statement, I think he did, the best thing you could plant would be trees uh, to conserve the soil, to capture carbon, all the things that we talked about at the time. Well, farmers 
are leery of any program leading them away from their major source of income, which in your case would be corn and soybean production. Do you see that uh, that that will be a challenge to keep yourself fully involved in the major crops that have made you money in the past if you're going to move toward a higher level of carbon capture? Yeah, I, I think it's all about perspective, right? There, there's still those programs out there. Uh, you, you talk and you, you hear in the carbon market about reforestation, going against deforestation, bringing back hedgerows, which I don't think is going to be a very viable option. So when we look at it from that standpoint, sure, if, if you got really wrapped up in it and all you thought about is how many tons of carbon can I sequester per year, yeah, that's probably going to take you a bit away from your bread and butter and the, the acreage you farm and how you do things. Uh, and I think that's why it's important to look at this more as a holistic approach. So if I can make $15 a ton on carbon, does it make sense for me to rip up all my good corn ground and plant it in trees? Probably not. So let's look at ways that we can grow the crops that we're used to growing, do a better job of it while we're making our ground healthier and bringing carbon out of the atmosphere. Tell me about Nurture Farm and, uh, you know, who writes your paycheck and how you are positioning yourselves for this to be good for your company or however you define Nurture Farm and how it's good for your clients. Sure. So Nurture Farm or Nurture.Farm was founded in early 2020. So we're relatively new. Uh, we are an open digital platform for sustainable ag globally. Uh, our mission is simply to make agriculture simple, profitable, and sustainable for generations to come. You know, and as part of the Open Ag Network, which was actually founded by the UPL group, and Nurture, we're trying to reimagine sustainability, bringing all the players across the food system from farmers to food producers to consumers, and in the spirit of collaboration, just change how the whole industry thinks, works, and evolves. And I think that's why we, I, I say a lot, a holistic approach, right? So we're not only wanting to work with the farmer to, to make his crops better, to make the atmosphere better, to make him more money. We also want to work with that food chain, that end user, and make sure they've got a healthy supply of food. Uh, ground disappears every day from multiple different reasons. So we've got to take care of what we've got. And I think that's the approach we take is we work with farmers. And if we don't have the answers that make sense for you, it's okay. You know, we all choose every day who we do business with, who we partner with. But I think partnering with a group like Nurture, who, you know, we don't sell product. Uh, at Nurture, we look simply at how do we make farmers more profitable, more sustainable. Brad, I know you're not a soil scientist, but you do have practical real world experience in this level. Do you feel that the science is there to correctly be able to bring farmers into a program to where that uh, they can be positioned so that carbon capture can keep them in business either by the returns they get directly from the marketplace or the returns they get from government or carbon trading. I always kind of use the analogy right now in the carbon uh, carbon program, we're kind of building the plane as we fly it, so to speak. So there's, there's a lot of learning. I, I think anybody that would say they have everything figured out, they know all the nuances. If you do X practice, you receive Y credits. 
I, I think that would be a bit false. Uh, I think we're all learning together. Uh, that's why we're running pilots currently in the U.S. and India and some other countries is we're trying to truly partner with guys and say, okay, let's look at what makes sense on your farm uh, for the first part. And then let's go through as we get into verification and see what that really means. So if we, if we looked at it from a modeling perspective and it said we're going to sequester half a ton of carbon per acre, did we really do what we thought we would do? And I think that's the, the way that we have to look at these things. Uh, you know, when you sequester the carbon, it's not just a one-year deal. We've got to look at this as we, we bring it into the soil, then we have to store it, right? The companies that want to buy these credits want to make sure they're getting what they pay for. Uh, so there'll be verifications. There'll be a lot of legwork that goes into this, not only from the farmer standpoint, but also the companies like us to make sure we're doing what we're supposed to do. The, we are getting the returns that we're wanting uh, and then ultimately proving out the fact that we did what we said we were going to do. Right through the years, I've uh, interacted with farmers of different uh, types of progress in different areas. And the one that comes to mind right now is the, is the no-till group. Um, no-till earlier on was known as 50% science and 50% religion. Yeah. And I wonder how closely what you're saying parallels that. No, I think that's fair. Uh, and like I said, you know, my family farms in uh, central Illinois, you know, you get in some parts of the country, you may have six foot of black topsoil. And if I go in and tell a guy, hey, I want you to switch to all no-till, he's probably going to laugh, right? Uh, that's not going to make a lot of practical sense. So, you know, is everyone a fit? Hopefully at some point in some fashion, uh, and to your point, you know, there's some people religiously have been doing no-till or cover cropping. And the harsh fact of the reality is some of those people that have been doing it for a long time, they're simply not eligible for the credits. Uh, the companies that are buying the credits want to inflect change. They want to show that, hey, by monetizing this, we made an impact. We had this farmer change something on the farm, the way they were doing things to become more sustainability, to actually bring this carbon dioxide out of the atmosphere and make our uh, world better. So uh, there, there's some harsh realities to that, right, Ken? So uh, you look at guys that have been doing things right for a long time, you know, are they going to be incentivized today? Maybe not. Uh, but I think there's other opportunities that I won't disclose at this time that we're working on uh, to really work with that guy and help him become more profitable as well. Would you say that the major emphasis for moving farmers forward with carbon capture, carbon sequestration, is coming from the bottom, from the real world of wanting to do a better job, from the ag industry the big companies, uh, UPL and many other companies, or government? Or how much push is coming from each area? I think it's a little bit of each, right? Farmers obviously have always wanted to do the best job they possibly can, right? They, they want to produce the best crops. They want to become profitable. But I always say, you know, are we doing the same thing we were five years ago, 10 years ago, even last year, right? Did we change something? And I think that's the reality of the situation is a farmer is always making changes. They're always looking to do better. As we look at the big companies, I think you have to look at 
why, why are they getting in the market or why are they wanting all this information? Uh, what are they using it for? And then, you know, at the top down, you look at the government and they're putting some pressure on these large corporations to get to carbon neutral. So I think it's a it's a several prong process. Uh, like I said, there's there's different in- incentives for each group. Uh, at the end of the day, I think we have to look at it as the sum of all the parts and look at it as the whole and how do we truly get better. And if we look at it from that standpoint, not typically have an agenda, I think it will be better for all. Brad, I've been reading some of the advertising put out by the petroleum industry. Uh, One from Shell Oil has a program called Can Solve. You mentioned early on that that industry has been working to be able to sequester carbon. Can you tell me what they're doing to some degree and if it's competitive, at least for dollars, with what farmers might do. Yeah, so I'm not obviously a energy expert by any stretch, but that is one industry, you know, when you read about uh, carbon sequestration and some of those things that always pops up. I mean, if you hit a Google search, you're going to find uh, the energy industry. And they're certainly, you know, they they have a lot of things going on. So they're big in terms of emissions as well. So they are creating a lot of the problem, but they're, that is why they really have had a focus here for a long time about how they can do better. Are they a competitor? You know, you look at it as uh, I've read where it's going to take at least five gigatons of negative emissions to get to where we need to be to reach net zero by 2050. It's going to take more than one segment. It's going to take everyone working together to get to those uh, points uh, to get to where everyone needs to be. What's it going to take overall to be able to make this happen by 2050? By 2050, it's going to have to be everyone wanting to do it, right? There's there's nobody, you know, I, I've got three sons, and if I tell them you have to do this, a lot of times I'm going to be disappointed. My wife's going to be mad, and the kids are going to be grouchy. So it's got to be good part for all, right? You got to make it to where someone wants to do it. They want to walk hand in hand together and truly partner to get there. And so when you look at it from that standpoint, like I've said all along, it's got to be worth it for the farmer, not only from the carbon perspective, but for what is in return in terms of his ROI on his actual farm uh, without the carbon. You know, you add the carbon, that should be icing on the cake. From the end energy industry from a lot of these other large corporations, everybody's going to have to do their part. We're going to have to work together. Uh, Government's going to have to come in. I hate to have government, you know, push agendas, but if they can bring in some subsidies and things like that, you know, uh, I think it brings everybody together and makes this happen. Well, the real world with farmers seems to be that they uh, agree with you. They're opposed to government uh, action that causes them to change. But if they pay them to do so, the farmers will change and have borne that out ever since the first farm bill was written. Brad Horner with uh, Nurture.Farm. Let's bring this to a finer point as we close. What programs are you offering for growers that they could become a part of to, at least the basis, improve their soil health? Sure. So the way we look at it here in the U.S. is we're running some pilot pilots currently where we're 
we're sitting down with farmers. We're just going through, you know, what, what have you been doing for the past 10 years? Uh, there are some opportunities for grand, grandfathered credits. So if you've made a practice change within the last five to 10 years, we may be able to pay you for something you've already done. But more so, we're looking at what makes sense on your farm, uh, what, what will make you more profitable, what will drive ROI, uh, we're taking a holistic approach from soil sampling and uh, bringing in independent agronomists that have no skin in the game, what products or solutions you're using uh, to really take a snapshot of your farm and try to help you be- do better. Right. And then if we can sequester carbon out of that, that's a great day. So really what we're doing right now with the pilot is just working with guys to see if it's a possibility. Does it make sense? And if so, how do we move forward together? Brad, are you going to then as Nurture.Farm broker carbon credits? Yes, that's correct. So basically, we are working with some of the large corporations uh, to to make things happen. So obviously, it's all about supply and demand. If nobody's demanding the credits, there's not going to be a good price. Nobody's going to buy them even if you create them, right? So we're we're working kind of on that end, working with the farmers to create the credit and then brokering the deal between Brad, do farmers need to pay to be a part of your program? No, sir. So like I said, on our pilot program, basically, we if you have interest, reach out to us. We have uh, our website, nurture.farm. Go to our sustainability tab. You can fill out a three-minute survey. Uh, if you have some interest, we'll certainly reach out. Uh, we'll talk to you about what you've been doing, what makes sense, uh, if this is something we think would be a good fit for you. If it is, then we'll we'll dive right in. You have no upfront commitments whatsoever. We'll gather the historical data. We'll run it through the models, see if you're eligible for grandfather credits. If not, let's look at what practice changes make sense on your farm, and we'll model that out, uh, come to a conclusion, okay, does does it make sense if you do this practice change? Here's what we expect uh, in terms of carbon credits, ton, tonnage per acre per year. So uh, no commitments up front. We want to make sure that a farmer is very happy and confident in their decision before we jump into any sort of commitment. Those of us who live in the Corn Belt area tend to think it's the center of the earth. But what about crops that are outside this? Wheat, canola, uh, cotton, other cropping areas of the country, is it going to be beneficial to that type of farmer as well as those who grow the traditional row crops? Yeah, so I, I think a lot with the wheat guys, you know, you can wheat and double crops, so that's bringing out more biomass for a longer period of time. Uh, we're working with some orchards, uh, with some pistachios and almonds, uh, looking at some groves with citrus, lots of different opportunities, right? The, the main focus, obviously, I live in southern Illinois, so the big crops here, corn, soybeans, wheat, a little bit of milo, uh, we're definitely working with those crops. But we will, in turn, work with the cotton guys, the rice guys, and just see what makes sense. So do you feel like that uh, this is the future? This is the line that we're going to need to follow in agriculture to at least make a decision whether you're going to be part of it or not, because it's going to be mainstream at some point? Yeah, and I kind of compare it to the dot-com era, right? A lot of people, you know, put up their guard 
when you start talking about all this technology and uh, the way things are going to change. And there's a lot of companies out there jumping in and doing things. And uh, people thought some people thought it was crazy. Some people thought it was great. But eventually we all got there. Right. And I think that's a lot of how this carbon program will be. Uh, there's going to be people that will be early adopters and really jump on and spearhead it and get get full thrust. And there'll be other guys will be, you know, kind of the wait and see. Uh, but at the end of the day, I think it'll come full circle and it'll be something that everybody is a part of down the road. Brad, I really appreciate your real world commentary on this. I can tell you know what you're talking about from the dirt up. Uh, I don't know how much people know what they're talking about when you get above uh, our pay grade, but I do believe that you're giving the base information to growers to be able to get themselves ready to make these decisions. And as head of growth and strategic initiatives with Nurture Farm, I wish you well. Ken, I appreciate it. Uh, I thank you for asking me and let me be a part of the the call today. And uh, hopefully if anybody out there listens and has any questions, certainly feel free to reach out. Thanks for listening to The Root of the Matter, sponsored by UPL. New episodes will be available every other Monday on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. Have a great day.